This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Is this thing on? I can never get enough volume, Phil. Never. Ladies and gentlemen, making his much awaited debut, we have Super Texas Ben Wyford on the podcast tonight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you say, Ben? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know who gave you the Super Texas name. Uh, somebody in a comment section somewhere. Texas Ben was fine. It was, but, I, but I'm not even sure I really deserve that. I've uh, lived 35 years of my life in Ohio. But yeah, but I think you're I the most choose, Texas I, man I'm I know. I'm a guy by birth, but a Texan by choice. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I like yeah. it. Yeah, buddy. All right, so tonight we're going to discuss uh, Jim Plank. And actually, I'm, I'm kind of glad we waited because we're kind of coming in here on the tail end of things. I know that Beyond the Vow did a, pretty, uh, did a very good episode about this. They released it a couple days ago. But I am glad that there's been some developments that happened that we'll be able to get into as well as far as Jim Plank's response and all that. So uh, actually, I, do, I don't know what direction to go. Should we just go straight into this? Or I guess, Ben, I think that everybody knows you, but I'm assuming there's a lot of people don't. Uh, give us a little bit about your background. You come from CHM, right? Yes, sir. Uh, a lot of people know probably a little bit about me. Uh, not a lot of people know me that well. Uh, I've been away from it for almost 20 years. I uh, was raised uh, in a Bible holiness church, went to Camp Gilead as a kid. That was pretty much the main camp that we regularly attended because we were dairy farmers. We didn't get that far from home. Luckily, I I stayed away from a lot of, uh, you know, didn't have quite as many services under my belt as some of the rest of y'all, but I was always kind of an outsider, even though I was lifelong raised in a CHM. Um, I was, uh, a hundred percent sincere. Thought I was saved and sanctified probably when I was well a few times over between 10, 12, 14, 16 years old. And I, uh, you know, came to a point where kind of got it turned 18, 19, somewhere in there, and uh had a lot of questions that couldn't be answered. And once I got kind of out of the bubble I was raised in and visiting Penview and uh different things, I I just came to realization that. These people just don't, uh, there, there's nothing behind it. It's all fluff. And uh, they're they're saying one thing and living totally different life. And, uh, you know, kind of got a, had a couple years, uh, was a little wild. Uh, one thing that probably really changed my life a lot was uh, visiting a Baptist church. My brother was going to at the time. They were probably the, this to this point, any church that I've seen, the single most, uh, church at the biblical definition of a church that where they i mean they had a lot of outreach they made sure everybody's involved i remember 
like the first time I was there on Sunday morning, went to Sunday school and there was some other farm kid that uh, somebody said, Hey, you're taking the class with you. And like the youth pastor or something, he comes over and talks to me. And, uh, you know, I, I was so used to all this, you know, like secrecy and, and weirdness and stuff. And he just asked me if I was saved or ever been saved. I'm like stammering around. Well, uh, uh, you know, you know, and, uh, he's like, and I, he's like, well, you, I said, you don't understand the kind of church I came from. So, well, they believe preach salvation and you know, nope, it doesn't matter. They're, you're a Christian. You're, you're they're, you know, they're Christian or whatever. There's now this de-Christianizing of, oh, well, you know, you know, improper sleeve length. So therefore, uh, <laughs> that you didn't really get saved at that church for right. full life. Right. And, uh, yeah, you know, life's taken some twists and turns since then. And, uh, I really kind of just was for the most part completely away from had a lot of questions never really had anybody to talk to when i was 18 19 20 about all the questions and issues other than one of my brothers but he sometimes was in sometimes was out and uh even really just some of these facebook groups is where i kind of got back into dissecting what's really wrong with them and then i that's when also when i really kind of came into uh understanding of just how rampant sexual abuse is and uh i that to me that's just the absolute worst thing you know the unbiblical doctrine the confusion the damage they do is is horrific but the amount of children that are messed with in these myths where they allegedly don't sin is astounding mm, yes it is yes it is the, the stories that uh roll into us and um yeah they just they never stop it never stop. And, and I always think that I'm not going to be surprised anymore. And I, I usually always am. It always feels like a gut punch every time you hear a new one because, you know, it's somebody's life that's uh, turned completely upside down. Yes, sir. All right. So we will get into, um, let's go ahead and get into this uh, clip here of uh, Jim Plank. So Brian Holden has posted this. Jim was uh, preaching. What was it? Ken, what's this called? World Changers Week? Is that what it's called at UBC? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Whose world are they changing? <laughs> <laughs> Their own little world. Uh, it's a fantasy land. <laughs> so, Cannon, you live closer to UBC than any of us. Are you familiar with World Changes? Like, what's their focus? What do they do? What do they do during World Changes? Is this like because uh, they did Facebook Live, it, so it's not completely a, an internal thing? Yeah, no. To be honest with you, I am not exactly sure what World Changes is. I've heard about it. I've heard of it. Uh, you're right. I do. I only live like 45 minutes from there, but to be honest, I'm not really sure what World Changers is exactly. So this was during World Changers then? Yes. Yes. I okay. hope I'm getting okay. that name right. Uh, no, that sounds that sounds right. Um, I I thought for whatever reason, I thought that uh, they just had Plank come in there to basically just talk to the kids. Um, I thought during, chapel. Though. Yeah, during a chapel. I didn't realize because sometimes they'll bring in somebody for chapel, but but uh, this was during, okay, world changers. Now, from what I understand, they had some different, a uh, couple of different speakers. Had Jim Plank, another fellow, I don't remember his name, and they were kind of, I think they were given topics, and they would uh, talk about, you know, family and, and all this, that, and the other. And then uh, usually Jim then would preach like in a, what would they call it, an evangelistic message. They said then they'd have a normal church service in the evenings as well. Good. And um, I, I, I think that's kind of what was going on. I, so anyways, let's just get into it. Let's play it. Jim Plank starts saying some things. Um, and honestly, I, I was surprised he said this out loud. 
be honest with you. <laughs> but anyways, we'll just get into it, then we'll respond. You guys holler at me if you want me to stop it at any point. I often think of Brent Vernon's song that God, no question, helped him to write. I printed the words there. I've been given something that does not contain a price. And I'll tell you what, I get mad, and I think it's righteous indignation at how quickly some of our young people throw away something that's so valuable. I am a third-generation holiness person. Do you think for one instant I want to stand before God and, and say that I've thrown that all away for some other easier, newer, brighter way? Do you think I want to stand before God? Was my heritage perfect? No. My, if any of you know my dad, you know it's a miracle that I'm here today. Uh, but, of course, our homes are not necessarily perfect. We've all seen things in the church and around that, that don't always make us happy. And I'm very sad that occasionally there's someone that I will meet as I have. Uh, I was even sharing with Brother Buckler last night something that just killed me recently of, uh, of a pastor who had a moral failure and, and um, you know, messing with kids in his church. And so, if you've been a victim of that kind of thing, Brother Nichols, I think, you know, I have to have patience with some of those people when they're, uh, you know, you just, if that happened to you in the Catholic Church, you wouldn't want to be a Catholic anymore. And if it happened to you in the Holiness Church, you don't want to be a Holiness person anymore. I mean, God is still true, and His Word is true. I'm going to stop it right there. That's enough. That's a pretty good place to, uh, to start. There was a lot right there. First of all, he goes down into, he goes through this heritage thing, which you'll hear so many CHM people talk about this and the heritage. I've been handed a wonderful heritage and heritage this and heritage that. But most of that's been driven by James Plank. That is the man who will not let that die. You know, mm -hmm. I, I remember probably 25 years ago. Therefore, you know, my parents didn't go to IHC because they were too liberal, even though they lived in western Ohio a lot of the time. They moved to Knox County, Ohio, around Mount Vernon area. And uh, at some point, my older siblings went to IHC. And my oldest brother, which he's, he's a little uh, like James Plank, so I, uh, not, not the preacher, the, the oldest brother, y'all probably don't know. Uh, he comes home, and I remember him spouting this nonsense about well, we must have holiness somewhere in our ancestry because they, he was all hyped up on the <laughs> heritage of holiness. Oh, man. You know, here it is 25 years later, and James Plank's still beating this drum about heritage of holiness <laughs> and three generations. <laughs> well, yeah, that's about the match you can be because, you know, these denominations got fired up about three generations ago. Yeah. 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 I, I don't understand the the emphasis on the heritage of holiness. And again, I think we mentioned this uh, a couple of weeks ago, Canaan, talking about um, whenever they say holiness, they mean second work, second blessing, standards, all that. That's, yes. that's what they mean. Yes. Most of the time, yeah. Uh, but it has to do with bloodlines and insinuating they are superior blood and that they have, uh, they, they have this generational thing and there it's a, it's a false sense of elevation for them. Yes, it is. It, it reminds me of like, um, what's the, <laughs> the movie Mulan where they had to <laughs> have to honor the ancestors and stuff. That's kind of, honestly, that's the vibe I get from it. It's like, I, okay, I don't, I don't get it, but you'll hear them, you'll hear them hollering about it all day long and, and act as if it's some kind of 
thing they've been given by God to defend. And it's, I mean, I don't, I don't. I wonder if that. his entertainment is reading the genealogy chapters in the Bible, in the Bible, <laughs> in the Old Testament. Yeah. Maybe so. That's why he's so obsessed with you know. <laughs> so and so begat so and so, and he, you know, and on and on and on and on. Yeah. You know, thanks oh, to the rest of us. Uh, find mm. not quite the most entertaining stories in the scripture. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. So then we go on to, and I feel like some more of this will take shape for people that don't know, uh, they haven't heard this clip before. Some of it will take uh, shape here in the following minutes of the clip, but you have him talking about child abuse. And he didn't, he called it a moral failure or moral failing, however it was he phrased, which to me, it's like, okay, the CHM does not like to say sin. They don't, they don't like that. And I've even noticed when I'm talking, I was talking with some people the other day and we'll talk about, yeah, but you know what? If you slip up, grace is there. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm still saying it. When if you, you sin. If you sin. When you sin. When you sin. Exactly. And it could, he didn't even call child abuse sin. It was a moral well, failure that was committed by one of the, the preachers. Facts. I think we ought to get into the facts of this so-called moral failure. Now, are we? Because yes, we're I think pretty we certain that we know exactly who he's talking about. I would say a, we have a good idea, yes. And we mentioned, I think I went briefly over the headlines when this broke, but I didn't have much uh, information on this at the time. And uh, Ben, you've done some research on it, right? I have a, a, the press release says the former pastor of a church in Andreas was jailed Wednesday after being charged by the West Penn Township Police with indecent assault involving three juvenile girls between 2007 and 2012. Now, there, that's a five-year span, but on down here, it seems like it's a 15-year span. But Marvin Leroy Mosley, 43, Mifflin County, was arraigned on two felony counts, each of indecent assault of a person under the age of 13, and corruption of minors, where the defendant is age 18 or above, which would mean she's 18 now. She was a minor then. Two misdemeanor counts of a person under the age of 16. He was arraigned, committed to prison, unable to post $100,000 straight cash bail. Judge says Mosley is no longer a pastor, but at the time of his arrest was serving outside of a ch at a church outside of Shukil County which I believe is in New York, where they had moved him to. You know, I think there was some issues when he was in Pennsylvania. Uh, in a paperwork filed with the court, Police Chief James Bonner said the charges stemmed from incidents that came to light on April 27th when a 26-year-old woman reported being sexually abused by Pastor Marvin Mosley from the time she was seven uh, until she was about 15. So now we got mm. an eight-year ring. And I'm also, I mean, you know, Seven-year-old is a little girl. There is nothing sexual about a little girl. You, that's, a, that's a sick individual. Yes, you're Warren correct. Warren said she knew yeah, Mosley yeah. from around 2003 when her parents became involved in God's Missionary Church in Penn's Creek, Pennsylvania. Woman said Mosley graduated from Penn's, Penn View Bible Institute and was assigned to their church in 2003. At one point in 2007, the woman said Mosley touched her inappropriately and by putting his hands up under her dress. Then the police chief says that the woman also reported that two other girls relayed stories 
that they were assaulted by Mosley. One was interviewed and, re- and reported Mosley having inappropriate contact with her starting when she was about 10. Uh, on May 8th, Bonner said Mosley was interviewed and admitted, Mosley admitted touching the woman who reported the incident and said it began when he was about 28. He's 28, she's seven. Oh. He also admitted touching the other two girls. Bonner said Mosley said that he had been married for about seven years at the time and did not know what sex was, BS, adding he was lost yes. and unfulfilled. Yeah, well, wouldn't his yeah. saved and sanctified status and serving in the church be fulfilling and he wouldn't be uh, needing to touch little girls? <sighs> he said Mosley reported he had been touching the girls for a time span of 15 years. So it said five years up there, that's what the charge is. So how many was in that 15 years? We've got yeah. three that have said it. But police chief said Mosley said he would become aroused when the girls walked into the room. He did not think anything was wrong by touching them. Uh, yeah. Well, and they're, not, they're all, he said, yeah, he said here somewhere that he went from one girl to the next. So that indicates to me there's probably a lot more than three girls. But we know three. He's admitted to it. He's been arraigned on it. There's no sweeping, well, they're going to try to sweep it under the rug, and I'm sure he'll probably be accepted back into some church somewhere. I'll tell you, the only place he should be accepted to, and that's right straight into the wood chip. What He honestly said that he didn't know what sex was? What he told them in his statement. And he tried to use that as some kind of excuse? Yes, and I'm here to tell you, you can go anywhere and, and find the lowest IQ people in the community. And somehow they figure out how to reproduce. Yes. <laughs> that is, so I'm not buying that he's too dumb to know. No, not at all. No. No. And he's also claiming that he didn't know it was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you know, he, he was saved and sanctified communicating with the Holy Ghost every day, and God didn't show him it was wrong, you know. So it must have been okay. <sighs> wow. Man, sometimes it's I get, a moral failure, though, boys. It's a moral failure. A moral failure, yes. No big moral deal. Failure. That is, uh, like I said the other day, that is uh, that sounds like a weak need politician right there. Speaking. Yes, it does, Kana. You you are correct. Now I know people are going to uh, are going to be listed at this point and be like, well, but he apologized. We'll get to that. Don't worry. We're 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 addressing his initial comments first. So this this is what he calls and again we're guessing but we think we got a good educated guess this is the situation he was talking about given the time frame and all that and how close uh he would have been to the situation because of mosley being in god's missionary church uh, uh at least when the abuse started right um how can you call this a moral failure but then go on to um well actually let's play let's play some more of the clip let's let him talk about some other things and we'll see how strongly he, he feels about uh, some other issues. True, and he can help you, and he can salvage you, and he can put you on the right way, and I believe this is the right way. But, you know, there's been some tragedies. But by and large, across our movement, we have some phenomenal lines. Even if you're a second-generation Christian, if you have parents who have done their best to take you to church, take you to camp meeting, and want you to... Let me stop it real quick right there. That in my opinion, is an excuse. I hear this used a lot. Uh, yes, we've had some tragedies, but overall, we're fine. That's not the it way to address game. this. <laughs> it's a numbers game. It's a small percentage. It's insignificant. Uh-huh. You know, It's only happening to the, the humans that Jesus said was the most important, the children. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
there's no leaders that he said was important. He he came in and and and, repro- and rebuked all of them. But the children are the ones that he said they're the they're the most important. And he also uh, com- said that they ought to get you ought to get the death penalty rather than harm one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how strongly he felt about it. All right, I'll continue on. Come to Bible College. You ought to thank God for it, and don't you ever. Just carelessly cast that away. I've been given something that does not contain a price. This jewel has been a precious one. Its rays have touched my life. It's a heritage of holiness. And to it I will hold on lest I lose this precious vision that generations have passed on. I don't want to lose the vision. I don't want to take for granted the heritage of holiness that has been passed on. And I don't want it just to be a dry, dusty heritage that I just keep. But I don't want to lose the fire in my own soul. And I don't want to lose the glory in my own soul. And I long for his outpouring in a fresh way in 2023 across our land. But you know, days turn into months and months turn into years. And you're going to go through a lot of things in life and a lot of chapters. And kids may walk over your heart and people you had confidence in may walk away. And people start to lose the love of what they once held dear. My prayer on this morning in this session, and uh, forgive me, I guess I'm preaching a little bit, but um, oh, may I never lose the value of a clean and spotless soul. For the holy way is the only way to achieve our final goal. If I walk away from this way, if I walk away from this way, you can count on it. If I get some big church somewhere, preach some new deluded gospel, if you see me in short sleeves and shorts and the trappings of the world, if you see us move a television into our home, go the way of the world, you can just count on it, Brother Plank's backslid. And you can count on it, the kids that have walked away. We stop for a minute. He's literally saying this as there's a huge projector screen behind him. <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't for double standards, they would have no. That's the truth. That is so true. The mental gymnastics that they go through. But I also want to hit on this heritage of holiness. Yes. It is just one of the things that they idolize. They have so many idols in their life. Heritage of holiness. Idols. Yeah. Men, James Plank, Dan Stetler, all these people, all, all the old and the old preachers, they're the, they idolize them. They put them, they put them up on this pedestal. Mm-hmm. They, they idolize buildings. They, they're like, oh, you know, I mean, and James Plank's one of the worst about it. All he, you know, he got to tag everything on X at the Wesley Center, or at least he did before he blocked me. I don't know. I assume he still does. That. <laughs> um, <laughs> they idolize their rituals. You know, they're not only the dress code, all the little things they do, the, the, every, everything's idolized and then ultimately we know that they idolize stained glass windows <laughs> <laughs> that is great why do they worship this so much like why the heritage quote unquote of holiness so much that he's not even he's not even preaching about Christ He's preaching about his freaking religion. That's all he cares about, his freaking religion. We need a little more volume and hashtag more Mariah. Yes. It makes me so angry. I don't understand it, how they have gone so far away from Christ, yet they cry victim. Because God forbid somebody stands up to their freaking religious little teachers, preachers, 
whatever BS you want to call it. It's so, so frustrating. And I've been reading in like uh, First Timothy, and it's ta- it's talking about be careful of false teachers. Yes. And now this came out, and I'm like, the false teachers right here. This is it. Right How about this? Second <sighs> Timothy three, three two. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Yep. Covet, mm-hmm. boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. That's the only one I ever really heard about in that scripture. Yes. You know, uh-huh. oh, yeah. might have been oh, something yeah. to do with what I, the way I was as a kid, but you know, no. <laughs> unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. And I, I've got to, I got, I want to come back to natural affection. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high minded. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Here's the one, one though. Verse five, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And if, I'll tell you what, if these people don't fit that to a T. They have a form of godliness. They have a uniform. They, they have their little social club with a dress standard, but they have no power. They, they are just a slight different than the Catholics. They don't go to the priest, but they have a preacher. They don't embrace the power of the Holy Spirit directly in their lives, and they rely on the things they do. And then they they have all that. We got to get into fear too, because they just fear dying and screwing up in the last five minutes. Yeah, you know, they're just oh, yeah. that's part of the reason they're, they they oh, have yeah. fantasies of the rapture is because they're so scared that they're going to screw up and miss it. I, I just hope I make it. I just hope I make it. Man, yep. you can get rid of that fear. You don't have to be worried about that all the time. Yep. But this natural affection thing, I've been, I, I had to do a little digging on that in the last few days because, you know, I've always heard them preach natural affection as, or unnatural affection being, uh, re- applying to homosexual desires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that, uh, the, a much more powerful definition of this is loving the church, the organization more than you love your children. And the children that are being raised in the church. Oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. That isn't a natural affection. Mm. Why do you love an organization, a, a book of rules, more than you care for your family? Clearly, if they can't form with their family, maybe so much sexual abuse wouldn't go on. Well, I have seen situations where, without a doubt, the family was put on the back burner for for the CHM. What about oh, the woman that took her time. daughter to the hotel room so the evangelist could enjoy her? Oh yeah, that would yeah. be the Walter Bradshaw scenario. Yeah, well, Bradshaw. Yeah, that's right. Dropped her off at the motel. How? That's oh, that's horrible. I can't even imagine. Mm. That's an interesting point, Ben. I, I've never thought about it that way, but I I think you're onto something. Good. Yeah. Really good. And you can count on it, the kids that have walked away from this heritage to go the way of the world are backslid too. I don't care if they stand behind pulpits, they're backslid. And you need to pray for them like backsliders. We don't, we don't be mean to them and we don't say that to their face or anything unkind, but it's true. It's true. And I don't like the sugarcoating of it. I deeply appreciate the great people in our movement across the years And I'm thinking of one in particular that uh, has a daughter who's serving God, uh, but has a son who has gone the way of the world. 
involved in church work, but so far away from God. And I've been close to this older man, and I've been with him many, many times. He never runs down his kid, never talks bad about him, but he never acts like he's okay. He's grieving in his soul. I really have a hard time when I ask people, how's your kids? Oh, well, they're, uh, they're doing great. You know, son's a doctor. My daughter, um, daughter-in-law is, um, you know, working in a good place. They have a beautiful home. Their kids are doing great. And how are, and how are they doing spiritually? Oh, well, you know, they go to a big church, and they're involved in their church, and, and they, uh, I'm happy for that. And, and, uh, but, uh, you know, they didn't go our direction. Well, it's not our direction. This is God's direction. All right, I'm going to stop it there. Oh, my God. Uh, I can't listen to any more. It's like nails on a chalkboard. It's ridiculous. This is the biggest. <clears throat> this, is, this is BS. This is pure BS. The man is literally saying that people that walk away from the holiness heritage, from this holiness way, CHM, even if they're in a pulpit, he says, they're still backslidden because they're not CHM. That is bull. That is so far from the truth. And quite frankly, I hope people are listening. The thing that fires me up too is there's people that listen to this that are unfortunate enough to believe it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what really bothers me. Don't think for themselves. You got somebody that's, you know, maybe the, the CHM way isn't working out for them. Uh, and, and, and quite honestly, I don't blame them at all. It didn't work for me. But they, you become under, you, you come under this illusion that if I don't, I could go try the other church down the road, but I'm backslidden. And therefore, what's a backslider do, guys? They go to hell. I know people that's in that situation that they're, they're so screwed up mentally that they believe that they would have to go live a life that they know they can't live. Yep. You know, their parents, yep. they saw their parents lie. They lived, their parents lived a lie. They know they can't live it, but they still believe that's the only way to get to heaven. And I'm yep. sorry, but God's not that small. There, if you believe God is real and if there is a God, he cannot be that small that this little minuscule group that can't get 5,000 people together once a year out of what do we got? Yeah. 8 billion people in the world now, yeah. you know, and we got to have this one little dress code. I mean, yeah. there's far more Amish and Mennonite and these other cults than there are of CHM people. We just have oh. this shared background and this understanding of it. I can't go you know, talk to and get Amish people out. You got to have an Eli Yoder or somebody like that right. that can make a difference with them. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we actually can't even have that much of an impact because the people that share our history is, is so tiny. Yes. There's no oh. way that God's that small. Yeah. Not at all. My thing is like, where's this, where's the scripture to back this up? Where does the Bible say that these people are backsliders? Yeah. It don't. First point one nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> First plank, 119. Am I right? I'm right. Amen. (laughs) Oh, God. So let me me throw something else in here real quick before we continue on with this. I have seen many comments of people saying, well, if you disagree with it, why don't you just move on and just go do your thing and just let us be or, or don't listen to the CHM preachers or whatever. 
Because it's not that simple. What Jim Plank's preaching here is dangerous. So if it's dangerous, why would I just walk off and be like, I'm not going to warn anybody about it. You know, I'm not going to try to warn anybody else that this is a bunch of baloney, that you shouldn't follow this. That's that's ridiculous. No, this is dangerous. This kind of uh, preaching right here confuses people. And, and uh, yeah, I can't imagine how many uh, young, impressionable kids he just screwed up there in that chapter. Right, hold mentally yeah. and spiritually, oh, because yeah. Yeah. they half of them are going to go along, and especially the less sincere ones that kind of like you know they've got their friends and they've got their group, and yeah. you know we all know those types that just kind of go with the flow. They don't believe it. They're probably not even saved. They yeah have zero relationship with God. If they do, or if they did, if they really talk to God, you know, I, I believe I heard a lot. I don't know about y'all. I heard a lot about spirit of discernment and these people have zero, you know, when, when Marvin Mosley can be getting behind a pulpit, the sacred desk, you know, we can't even call their it a stage. It's a platform. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) he's standing behind the sacred desk. We all know people that had a beard, or, you know, the woman had cut hair. Maybe she just got saved or something. And they wanted to give a testimony or they wanted them to sing or something. And they didn't allow them on the platform because they idolized that platform. Mm-hmm. That's just yes. a little wooden stage yep. so yep. much that they uh, that, that that was so important. And it's such a big deal. You have to be saved and sanctified and confirmed in membership to get up there. Yep. But meanwhile, this man for 15 years is messing with little girls and getting up behind the pulpit and God didn't tell any of them. I mean, yeah. what, what happened when uh, the prophet Nathan came, his, his life was on the line when he came in and uh, approached David mm-hmm. about his sins mm-hmm. with Bathsheba and sending the, her husband off to get murdered. You know, you're telling me that God doesn't, if you're these people are actually have a relationship with God, he doesn't show them this? Well, especially for a movement that, I mean, let me put it this way. It was always portrayed to me that the preacher was told by God. I, I don't know the specifics. I never asked them, okay, how does he get a hold of you? Does he call? I don't know. I didn't. I don't know all the specifics. <laughs> Is there a number you get when you graduate <laughs> yeah. for 50 by yeah. <laughs> Who pays the bill? Uh, but Is it a long-distance call? <laughs> I mean, is it better now that we got Starlink or... Or <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I never knew the specifics, but I was under the impression that God told preachers what to preach pretty much every night. They, they tell you that. They verbally oh, yeah. tell you yeah. that. Or then when you yeah. have oh. one of these great song services, like if a in charge who also had a long-term affair, you know, that he was a good man, emotional manipulator. Uh, yeah. And then they would be like, yeah, God told me there wasn't going to be any preaching because I, I really didn't have anything for today. <laughs> that just yeah. means you were lazy and didn't yeah, prepare anything. Prepare Bingo. <sighs> Wonder how many times they slipped the song leader a 20 and was like, drag us out, bud. I got nothing for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many how many times are we going to sing It's So Good to Be Free until these people start shouting <laughs> with a lampshade on their head and running around? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing too with with those kind of services. Sometimes I sit and I try to figure out what it was that I saw back then. Because I used to get wrapped up in it too. And honestly, I sit down and I'm like, what, what was it all emotion? Was all of it emotion? Was there somewhere God worked? 
I, I don't I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. I think it's uh, emotional manipulation. And, you know, I, I there was a guy that was kind of a Sunday school teacher. He was one of them. His nose was a little always a little higher in the air uh, at the Delaware Church. And uh, one time he he you know he liked to talk about his Baptist friends at work and you know put them down and he liked to talk about you know well you know yeah you could go get yeah he was somewhere and it was either something patriotic he's like you know I kind of had a similar effect as I get here but you know I can tell here it's different because it God's in it and I'm like yeah. okay. no nah, it's really not different dude it's really not it's, <laughs> it's that emotional roller coaster oh yeah oh yeah and. When you're cynical enough, and a lot of them are, they know how to manipulate it. And I, you know, oh, yeah. I think that's that's one of the biggest differences too with this generation of preachers and even the, the, the everyone that comes along. They just have less and less charisma. You know, the Marshall Smarts and the Archie Atwell seniors and some of those guys, man, they could keep your attention. They were funny. They didn't preach scripture, <laughs> but you know, they were they were entertaining. They would they, yeah. keep, you, they were. keep you tuned in, right? Oh, but yeah. with every generation, these guys just they there's just more and more faith, and and then they, they just have no charisma because. And the other thing is, most of these guys have no life experience. They have gone, you know, to their Christian school. They've gone to uh, the cult indoctrination centers, also known as UBC, Penview, Hope South. <laughs> um, they, you know, they they go get their first job in a church, and maybe they have a little side job, but they probably go work for somebody that. That is a uh, attends the church. Right. Well, these guys have no real life experience. You know, back in and we also I mean we have this the same problem in politics is that we none of our leaders have actually ever done anything. They've mm-hmm. just occupied these these cushy positions and made policy. And and these churches are are they are a political structure. I don't oh, think yeah. any of them. I, I mean, and, and this goes way beyond the CHM. The 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 church structure. And the org- the whole organization overall, I don't think any of it resembles early churches. I don't think any of it is how it was supposed to be, you know. And and like when Jim Plank's talking about a rich heritage, dude, you can't even go. What what was John Wesley like? The 1700s, you uh-huh. know, 250 yeah. years ago. That's as far back as you can go. But you know, they would throw they would throw him and Jesus out of the church yeah. if they showed up yep. looking like they did when they walked on the earth. Yep. John There's Wesley no would not be accepted in the CHM no church today. Track back to the early church. No. All they can track back is to the Catholic Church and the traditions that they've drug along with them. Yeah, it's that's one of the things I've noticed when you try to nail down a CHM individual about okay, when did the CHM start? And they'll say, Oh, all the way back in the Bible. All right. All right. No, it didn't. <laughs> that also that that's uh first plank 120 <laughs> oh dude that's great that's great oh lord if my kids go another direction it'll kill me and 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 uh and and i'll be praying for them as backsliders oh you say that's rough yeah i want some somebody's got to get you know I told Brother Buckler yesterday, we were talking about somebody, and I said, you know, he has such a wonderful spirit. If we were more like him, um, you know, things would go better. He agreed. We laughed about it. And, uh, and then I said to him, and I've said this before, but, you know, somebody, 
It's nice to be easygoing. Somebody has to panic over something every once in a while. There has to be somebody that'll panic. And you're looking at them right here. I never want to be unkind, and I don't want to be hasty, and I don't want to be rough and rude. But, oh, my friend, I want to panic over people that are headed straight toward hell. I really do. Well, that wasn't in the notes, and it's not in your hand. All right, I think we're good to stop it there. That should have never... I can tell there was no note. (laughs) (laughs) I do believe that. That might have been one truthful thing he said. Because there was a lot of lies. (laughs) There was a lot of ridiculousness in there. I'm just just so surprised at how small, little, tiny problems, such as short sleeves and television and shorts, is all of a sudden going to send you straight to hell in your backsliding. Can't we get some actual biblical stuff in there that might get you in some They trouble? don't have it. They're too shallow. Yep. Yep. They don't have it. And again, to go back to kind of the beginning, you look how hard he just railed against short sleeves and TV. How awful it is if you don't go see HM. Things that are not in the Bible, people, by the way. But yet when he's addressing child abuse, ah, it was a moral failure. No big deal. Mm, moral no big failure. Deal. Dude, his apology, he can shove a shit up his <laughs> I'd also like to to uh, reiterate his manipulation of his kids. And I hope they listen to this. Because did you hear that? You know, if my kids do that, you know, he's threatening his own children in that, which is exactly what Dan Stetler did when he mm-hmm. talked about not putting his kids on his Facebook if they went a different way. Like, these guys yeah. are manipulating their families oh, yeah. and you know, their, their families probably won't leave because you know, they got some pretty comfy jobs. They don't really actually have to work as long as they do what daddy says, but which also means that they're just going to be more corrupt because they don't believe anything. But the, the manipulation of their own kids and their sermons is, uh, it's pretty telling. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Cause those kids, you know, are not going to leave now. I mean, you know, they're just, they're, they're scared. They're like, no, but you know what? That's exactly what my dad used to do to me. If you don't, if you don't obey the rules of the family, you don't do this, you don't do that. You don't go to Bible school. I'm cutting you off financially. I'm cutting you off completely. Don't show back up here for Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. I heard all that stuff. It happened. And, Where do you think uh, you learned yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. But, and then, so we're back to, they lack natural affection. Yeah. You know, I want to bring up a quick side note here to uh, talk a little more about the emphasis that they put on things that are not biblical. By the way, people, he's talking about having a TV as if it's bad. What in the heck do you think your smartphone is? Can we can we talk about that for a second? Come on, guys. I mean, they th- we're not stupid here. Listen, how in 2020 when COVID hit, did they set up a sports center TV set. Where'd they say that? <laughs> if they never watched TV, because I'm going to tell you, there's no mistake in how they had that set up. They I'll that, tell you what, the Holy Spirit true. did not impart on them the wisdom of how to set up the lighting and set everybody up and, and yeah. sit there with their notes and hey, look, you know. Yeah, isn't that the truth? That was topping. Yeah, exactly. Straight um, off the ESPN, buddy. Well, also, too, did y'all see that thing? I think it was Brian Holland that shared. It was um, Natalie and her husband. They were doing the screen comparison. Yes. And then, like, yeah. the screen got to a certain Tape measure. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Well, that's exactly what they do. 
that is a hundred percent what they do. Is if that as long as it fits in the pocket or fits in the in the closet for when you know some pastor friend of yours may come over, you can shove it in the closet real quick. But as soon as you can't shove it in the closet, it is it is sin. You can no longer have it. That used to be a running joke, Canaan, with a bunch of us CHM people was about. Oh, what you got your TV in the closet? You know, like it was like, oh no, we'd never think dude. of doing that. Ha 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 ha. Like it was some big sin. Well, dude, I don't know if I ever told you this, Phil, but one of my mom and dad's worst fights that I can remember as a kid was because my dad was yelling and screaming, wanting my mom to put the TV in the closet because we had some family members coming over that didn't that didn't believe in it. We lived a double standard. Yes. That was probably one of the worst fights I remember. It was ridiculous. I have a sibling that uh I know it got put away when my parents came around. Yep. And how yep. how are you going to lead a church? And when you cannot be an honest man and live your life, because obviously you don't believe it. Yeah. But you know <laughs> yeah. when yeah. you're when when daddy is so proud that you're the preacher's son mm-hmm. and you know you gotta you gotta keep up appearances. Where yep. they're just they're just dishonest people. And the, the whole fact that this sin free life Living a never committing a sin, it, it all sets them up for the for the fall and to actually sin worse. And it 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 it, it absolutely demands dishonesty. So they'll yeah. they'll never be honest about any of it. So therefore, we they are all guilty of the sin line. And again, stuff that's not wasn't ever mentioned in the Bible. It, it, again, for people listening to this, if you're on the fence and you're listening to this, please keep that in mind. This is stuff that's everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the Fileo fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. Nowhere's near being in the Bible. Now they will try to tell you, oh, we have biblical principles. You ain't got a principle for saying TVs is going to make you a backslider. It's not there. You ain't got the principle. No. Now, nope. if you personally don't want to have a TV, fine. That I'll I ain't got no issue with that. And in fact, as you know, as Anderson is getting older, I'm kind of like, ah, you know, I want to limit his time in front of the TV just because I don't, you know, I want him to, to be a normal kid. But that's yeah. different well, than not, saying if you, you have a TV. A abnormal kid. You don't want him to be a, nor- a normal kid. <laughs> true, true, man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and so that's different than saying. If you have a TV, that's a sign you're a backslider. Mm-hmm. That's not true. That's not true at it's all. It's a personal choice that you're making for your own family. But these people can't stand on their own and make a personal choice. It all has to be, well, it's God's way. You know, I mean, it's the old-fashioned holiness way. Mm-hmm. It, no, dude. No, just take a step down from your pedestal. You're just like the rest of us. You put your pants on one leg at a time. And just just take it down a notch. It's not God's way. It's Jim Plank's way. It's Dan yeah. Sattler's way. Yes. It's yep. any of these other false prophets' way. It's not God's way. You're just trying to elevate yourself to a position that you can't rightfully hold. Because, Ben, if it was God's way, he would have said it. He would have put it in a book. It's not fair. Well, he left some stuff out. That's why we <laughs> have the God. The James Plank gospel. <laughs> I mean, he said all the Bible. He got at it. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, 
we can't expect God to have covered all these things or to to inspire a living word that is applicable or applicable to today. Right. We can't expect that. God's not that big. We put him in a little box down here. That's another one I hear. I have heard lately. We couldn't expect God to write all this stuff in the Bible. It would have took up volumes. Listen, dude, all the principles are there. <laughs> well, and that's just ignorance because history repeats itself and there's nothing new under the sun. Yes. We all think we're special. And I'm here to tell you, we're one of eight billion and the world keeps right on going when we're gone. There, yep. We're all just a little grain of sand. And, you know, the, that's one of the problems with the social media era is that we all have, uh, we all think we're important. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, social media is not all bad. We all start podcasts and stuff. We've all come together. <laughs> you know, back in the, can you imagine all the people that left the CHM or any of these other crazy groups in the 80s, the 90s, 2000s? And, and when they left, I mean, we all saw, we all, oh, they are not here anymore. And oh yeah, they they went out into deep sin. They probably went to the Nazarene church, but you know. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah. so so they're just gone, you know. Well, now they can't quite lie about those people like they did because we're still friends with them on Facebook. Yes. Yeah, we can we can see some things now that we didn't used to be able to see. It's a little harder. There's a little more accountability for them, and boy, they sure bristle at accountability. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> that is the truth. And and no one more than James Plank, who has successfully surrounded himself at every position with yes men, and you that is that is a bit such a weakness for him because any organization, any business, the more the bigger it is, the more successful you are, the more important it is that you have honest people that will tell you the truth and not let you get way off and, and destroy it all and hold you accountable. People that are trustworthy and, you know, guys like Jim Plank, he won't have one single one of them. And I know that for a fact because I know people that's been on the board and have tried to stand up to him. And he's like, well, I'm going to do it my way anyways. Well, why do you have a board? Well, you can go ahead and see your way out. And he'll replace them with some new Pinview graduate. Yeah, it's never good to be surrounded by yes, man. You got to have somebody that'll, that'll be willing to tell you when you're messing the weakness up. weakness. Yes. Leads mm-hmm. to corruption, leads to decay. And then when the facts come out, it's a way bigger scandal and a way bigger problem because it's gotten way further down the road and it involves more serious things than could have been stopped earlier on. My little uh, side note I wanted to make here real quick, talking about the emphasis that they put on what the CHM thinks is sin and what is actually sin, uh, example here, child molestation. So Brian Holiness posts this and... Uh, it starts getting a lot of attention. I, it's up over 10,000 views now, people that have seen this clip of Plank and seen their post. And so um, Jim started getting a lot of flack, some even fr- from within the CHM, which I was very happy to see and was uh, glad that some of those guys like David, uh, David Fry and I think Mark Stetler, that they stuck their neck out and said, this is wrong. So then they start getting some of this pressure. And... <laughs> I want you to listen to this preacher in Indiana. Of course, he addresses it. <laughs> Let me just play it. Oh, well, I'll just play it. I want to be careful here. But it is evident that there are some things that are taking place in the holiness movement. And I want to say, whether you agree with statements or not, friends, we are never to attack one another. That's not love. 
That's not holiness. And I'm going to be very honest with you as a church. My heart is devastated, broken, and crushed at some of the things that I'm seeing and I'm hearing. And I can tell you this. The enemy of my soul, the enemy of your soul, is having a heyday. He's rejoicing. And I will say this this evening to us as a church. Social media is never a place to vent and air your laundry. Okay, I'm going to stop it right there. The reason I played this. So this guy is out there talking very somber. In fact, first time I heard it, I almost thought the clip was messed up and I was hearing it in slow speed for some reason. Because he was speaking so slowly. Yeah. And, you know, his voice, his tone was so low. And I'm like, okay. But, so this is him. He's saying that he's very burdened and he's referencing, unless I'm mistaken, he's referencing the Jim Plank situation. Okay. So Jim Plank got some pushback for something that he said, and rightfully so. I never once have heard a CHM individual, maybe it's happened and I just haven't heard it, if they would come out like this when the Marvin Mosleys of the world are arrested or when Bradshaw, when that's all found out, and if they would act this upset about it, about kids Sheldon getting molested. Stevens? Yes. They invited Sheldon Stevens back onto the stage, I mean platform, after he was exposed and prosecuted. But I don't hear these guys acting at all like this when that happens, when kids no, are messed up for life. But Jim Plank get some feedback, and all of a sudden you would have thought this man was announcing that 9-11 had just happened. What the heck? That's what it sounded like. It's a perverted form of Christian unity. We do not attack. But, because they're the only chosen ones, they're free to attack any other church or the church that the backsliders go to, you know? Mm -hmm. And and Christian unity is, uh, it's an interesting subject to get into because it's it's a very uh, integral part of being a Christian, of not de-Christianizing other people, not not writing them off as they're not a Christian or they're not. You know, there's certain things that you can, okay, well, a Christian wouldn't do that. But, you know, I think we, we probably have a, a lot different scope than normal. But, uh, you know, some I read said Christian unity comes with Christian mat- maturity. And I and, you know, that makes a lot of difference. Or, uh, sorry makes a lot of sense why there's so much division and why the CHM just always draws lines of division. And they're, they're, the, they're so immature, that's why they're like, we're the ones with the full light. When they, have, when they really just have a shallow a doctrine and they're using their unbiblical standards to affirm it. You're talking about the Christian unity. I mean, that was, man, that was never emphasized when I was a kid in the CHM. In fact, I can remember... My younger brother, he just mentioned it again the other day. He said, I remember being a kid, being in Walmart, and just thinking, man, ain't it a shame all these people in here is going to hell but us. Everybody oh, yeah. was going to hell but us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's how, how can God be that small? He created all these people to then go send them to eternal damnation. That just yeah. doesn't make good sense. Yeah. God is love. God loves 
the people he creates think there's there's got to be a lot harsher uh, turning of your back on him before whatever hell is is uh, your destination. I was I was talking with a um, friend of mine. He's a he's a pastor. He's no longer CHM. But I was asking him about you know whether he believed in eternal security or not, which you know once saved always saved is what we always called it in the CHM. And he said I'm kind of somewhere in between. He said, uh, I think that you can absolutely turn your back on God. He said, but I think it is much more rare and much harder to do than we were led to believe in the CHM. We, we were kind of taught that you, you could pretty much just lose it in the middle of the night and not know it oh, yeah. until you yep. dropped into the pits of hell. And, it's, and the minute you lose it, that's when the rapture is going to happen and you're going to miss it. And uh, you're out of luck. Yes. And that's, that's why these people live in so much fear. That's one of the biggest drivers of the fear that they all live under. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you, I haven't met a one of them that has any sort of security in their salvation. And that can't be of God. Just flat out cannot be. Yeah. So, again, the reason I just brought that clip up was the CHM has got their emphasis wrong. I've got their emphasis wrong. You should not freak out because your leader is getting called on the carpet. I mean, that's good Lord. These guys all, so many of the CHM people pay attention to politics. They know how it goes. It's not that big of a deal. Truth never fears the challenge. Just defend, defend your positions. If you can, I don't think they can. And then move on. They're scared that the truth will come to the surface. The truth always does come to the surface. The truth, it, it demands to come to the surface. And it's their secrets that they all tried so hard to keep is exactly what has destroyed them. It is why they have they are dead. I mean, there's, you know, whatever of them left, but it is a dead organization. There's there there's nothing go there I I laugh when they call it a movement. I don't know where is the movement yeah. there's <laughs> there's nothing that, there's nothing moving. These skeletons always come out of the closet, you know. They they just think that they're going to somehow talk God out of punishing it punishing them for it in the next life or when the rapture magically happens. But uh, most of them come out sometime in this life. There's a few guys that I've heard stories about that uh, their secrets were successfully hidden until they were dead, but most of them died younger. But uh, truth needs to come to surface. That's what John Deloney talks about. The, the body needs to tell the truth. That's the way most crimes are solved, especially before technology. People told on themselves because they need to tell that they did wrong. Yes. So. Uh- we covered that. Uh, we probably should, uh, Ben, we should probably get into the, um, cover a little bit of, of Plank's response, you reckon? Yes, sir. And I just want to make sure that we all know that we're to be watching our backs and our surroundings because I'm pretty sure that uh, the Lord is going to lay it, or something, something's going to lay it on Jeremy Fuller's heart, that uh, we're going to, we all need a punch in the nose after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten oh, about that. The old Fuller too. fist bump. I'll never forget about Jeremy Fuller punching somebody, being Man. sanctified, pulling his best Marshall Smart. Just cut to Jeremy yeah. Fuller, like in the uh, Rocky workout scene, <laughs> punching stuff, <laughs> running up steps. They're going to have a long run to West Texas, brother. Dude. I hope he eats a weed before he takes off. Oh. Hey, I will be in Ohio in about three weeks, so it'll be a shorter drive for him. I'd love to have oh. a conversation. So uh, I started getting flooded with uh, <laughs> links uh, yesterday and uh, saw that Jim Plank had responded. 
So this was on IHC's Facebook page. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll read a statement. Uh, James Plank responds to comments and questions regarding a recent session taught at Union Bible College and spread on social media. I'm heart sick that my recent comments at Union Bible College were hurtful for the confusion and division they have caused. I am embarrassed and sincerely sorry. First, in my zeal to encourage the students to walk the holy way, never to throw away their heritage and convictions, I was too strong to say that people were backslidden who had done, quote, this, this, and this, end quote. Though I hold my convictions inviolable, how do I say that? <laughs> oh boy, I was on a roll. Inviolable. Dang it, Jim. <laughs> the way I stated things publicly for everyone was not how. That's how you know you're not the best and the brightest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the way I stated things publicly for everyone was not how they should have been expressed. Secondly, I firmly believe in justification by grace through faith alone. While I firmly believe in our Bible-based standards of separation, I want to enunciate that those standards do not save us, not by any works, lest any man should boast. Neither is it our joy to walk in the... Sorry, let me try it again. Rather, it is our joy to walk in the light in a love relationship with our Lord and Savior. This wonderful way is what I have always believed and endeavored to preach that it was expressed differently than that and or understood differently than that, I am sorry. Thirdly, I cannot speak dogmatically about another man's relationship with God. God alone is the judge and makes no mistakes. As a preacher within our churches, our, I cherish our heritage and beliefs. It has always been my desire to embrace those in a way that causes others to see their value and desire them. This expression of those beliefs did not accomplish my goal. As I seek your forgiveness for the unintentional harm caused by my comments, I seek your prayers for my ministry and the ministry of my brethren. Pray that the Lord would help us to preach more clearly and forcefully the need to stem the tide against drift and compromise amongst a broken world and woke church. So few seem to see the danger, let alone deal with it. And that while doing so, we are careful with our words not to become a stumbling block to anyone. What I was trying to express and do so now, it is not where you are or where you have been that concerns me as much as your direction. To see the Bible's principles and standards of separation being thrown away at this late hour is beyond alarming. No man can walk against light and be right with God. It is evident that many who were who once were careful, conscientious Christians are now giving in to the spirit of this age. I will keep preaching and praying for our churches to uphold those values. Could you stand with me in a cheerful way, in a victorious way? Do not be silent when so much is at stake. Of course, I also vehemently oppose all sexual immorality and perversion among us. For sure, that is weightier than any separation issue. We need to absolutely address abuse through the proper legal channels and take a clear stand on the side of any and all victims. Any sympathy expressed in my message was not for the perpetrators, but for the victims. It seems that some felt this was unclear. For this, I am so sorry. Be assured that my ministry is held accountable through my good wife and family, my church board, my conference board, the executive committee, uh, of the Inner Church Holiness Convention and the Advisory and Convention Committees of the Inner Church Holiness Convention. This represents a total 
of 73 godly men whom I respect highly. I have leaned heavily upon the executive committee of the IHC from the earliest moments of the knowledge of the publication of my session. Please forgive me for contributing to division and stress among our people over the last few days. I cannot speak for others, but I find everything that has happened so devastating. Please know my heart. I love Jesus. I love people. I love the churches and organizations we are blessed with. I love those who have spoken so freely against me. I truly do. I urge you to unite in love for the holiness way. I wish everyone the very best as we labor together for the kingdom. Canaan, your thoughts? Man, nice apology, I guess, but I don't know. It feels uh, it feels kind of shallow to me. In what way? Am I right about that? Um, it's kind of like you know he apologizes, but yet it's it's like he doesn't really um, really believe what he's apologizing for. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Like, yes. You know, like you know he's. Um, you know, oh, I'm sorry I said this and, you know, and offended everybody. But, you know, basically, you know, this is what I still, but, you know, he's, sti- yeah, he still believes it. You know, um, I think he, you know, he's apologizing because he's got the backlash now, you know, and so many people come out against him, but. Including uh, those within the CHM ranks, which again, I was surprised to see, was glad to see, but I think that yeah, I, was putting some pressure yeah. on him. Oh, 100%. 100%. There had to be a lot behind the scenes because no, he cares about none of our opinions. You know, Buckler got to that too. That people that are not within the CHM don't, don't matter. Uh, yeah, but it, it was it was there was definitely some some scrambling going on. He was worried about how many people weren't going to show up to IHC and <laughs> won't be able to claim a record yeah. number anymore in, in the vacation yeah. destination. And record yeah. offerings, which we know that uh, really is the bottom line of what matters. <laughs> Raising them funds. I don't know where they go. Yeah. I don't know what they do because they ain't accomplishing anything. But you sure better give your money to James Plank. I mean, the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. Yeah, that, that was kind of a nervous, I feel like just a nervous apology. You know, I can just, summarize it real succinctly. I'm sorry you didn't like the truth that I shared with you. <laughs> More so like, I'm sorry you didn't yeah. like my opinion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah but that, his opinion is fact and truth. And, you know, that, that, those, sure gospels, those gospels are racking up every time he opens his mouth. You know, it's, yeah, it's, right. word, it's from his lips directly to stone tablets. You, you know, it's carved. <laughs> <laughs> so when I first started reading it, I, I think the first part of it is is good you know and i was as i'm reading it, i'm like okay what what am i seeing here because i honestly i didn't even expect this but i feel like the farther down in there we got mm-hmm. and uh, i think we can also talk some about adam buckler's response who is the president of union bible college uh, in some of this regard as well the farther down i got kane and i got the same feeling that you did sorry you and, and ben like you said Sorry you didn't like it. Let me restate it and just use different words to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, granted, I did see between what Adam Buckler said uh, in UBC Chapel and what Plank said there, some of the strongest condemning of sexual abuse we've ever seen from the CHM. So I guess we can take our, you know, all right, there's a win, I guess. I didn't see anything about the wood chipper. 
<laughs> no, Ben, they, they didn't mention the wood chipper. Uh, but I feel overall, because, and Buckler said this as well, I'm trying to see if he's got it in his printed statement, that saying that your direction matters. I don't care where you are or, or, uh, or as much where you are or where you've been, but where you're headed. Yes, I know. That's why, that's what we're all saying. If you're not headed towards the CHM, then you're, you don't matter. That's, that's, what, that's yeah, what it means. Yeah, that's, if you're headed our way, you're in good standing with the Lord. If not, then we need to pray for yeah. you. Yeah. If you're still going to a big church and you're not heading over to the CHM church, you're still sinning or backsliding. Sorry, he won't use sinning. And another thing, they say that people that are throwing away what they once held as strong convictions, it's the same thing. That's, what, that's the same thing. I used to have what I thought was strong convictions. I used to think that country music was a sin, and I wouldn't listen to it. I used to think rock music was a damnable sin, and I wouldn't listen to it. You know, I used if to think... If you turned that, it on, the, the floor is going to drop out from under you, and you're going straight to hell. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just straight down the elevator shaft. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to think that watching movies was a sin, and I wouldn't do it. I no longer believe those things because of my spiritual walk and, be, you know, and, and growing in my walk with Christ. So I don't hold those convictions anymore. But I'm not back. You believe them because you believe them because of the peer pressure. Yes. You believe them because that's what you were told. You didn't believe it for yourself. And most all of these people don't believe anything, especially those that are our age and younger. They Mm -hmm. don't they have they don't have any of their own beliefs. And that's why you see they all get a little typically they all get a little more liberal. There's actually some that like went to Camp Gilly that's probably gotten more strict and they're non-internet people. And I kind of respect that, even though they're they're still it's cult behavior. But you know, they they all the ones that you know they they wouldn't never wear anything shorter than a three quarter length sleeve. Well, now the next generation's wearing short sleeves, or their mm-hmm. kids are wearing shorts, or you know, there's there's just a little bit of graduals. They don't they, there's nothing base. There's no solid basis for what they're saying <laughs> or their standards. Yeah, that's why yeah. it keeps gradually moving. Yes. Well, that's how they would, that's how they would try to keep you is I know a lot of my family, you know, um, you know, you would start talking about, you know, biblical things and they would say, well, you know, each uh, generation, you know, goes a little bit further, you know, uh, you know, and, oh, and, yes. that, and then like, where did it, where does it stop? You know, where does it stop? It's like, well, I don't know where the Bible was at. <laughs> that used to, yes. It used to be my exact yeah. thoughts. It's like, yeah, uh, my family used that all the time on me, you know, be like, well, you know, your grandpa, he used to never um, play Uno. Well, now we allow you to play Uno, you know, and, uh, you know, where, where are you going to stop at? And I'm like, oh, poker all the way. <laughs> Y'all were liberals, I tell you. Y'all were real liberals. We had no cards. We had no dice. We used oh, yeah. to pick mm. up uh, life games at the garage sales. So we could take the spinners out for use them for Monopoly or something. So we couldn't oh, play man. Monopoly with no dice. You couldn't use the dice. Oh man! See, I, see, I knew I was a little better CHM bloodline <laughs> than y'all. You've got a much richer heritage, Ben. A much richer heritage. Much richer. And I'm so wealthy in whole heritage of old fashioned holiness. <laughs> Am I right? I'm right. Am I right? I'm right. <laughs> And so what sucks now is that, like, now that we have seen the light and left the cult, now we're trying to figure it out for ourselves. And we're trying to raise tiny humans 
and for them to figure it out for themselves. Yes. So like, how, how can we make this not confusing while I'm trying to raise kids to know what's right and what's wrong, what's biblical, what's not. And yet, like, I'm still figuring out for myself. So like now we're screwed up and we're trying not to screw up our kids. Mm -hmm. And like, now we're trying to like stop this vicious cycle that we don't know how to stop. And it's just really sucky. (laughs) Yes. And I think that uh, there's a lot of other people in that same position. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, you know, I'm probably a little too cynical about things. Maybe, maybe not. But uh, you, you just really, it's real hard to go back because that foundation and basis that you should have been given when you're 6, 8, 10, 12 years old, right. you, once you decide that it's bogus, mm-hmm. and what, these things, this, this group of things that we were told we are, it's bogus. We can see the evidence. It is not real. Sanctification is not real. Living as above sin is not real. And in fact, it is, is more, it is setting you up to commit greater sin by claiming mm-hmm. that. Now we have to go question everything we were taught oh, because yeah. those people who misled us also instilled these other things in us. So we have to go back and test them and figure out what's real and what's right. You're absolutely right. And now our kids kids, one of the biggest things you can do with kids, and I am I I hesitate to even say any advice with kids because just saving (laughs) myself up a failure. But uh don't instill fear in them of really anything. You know this it's a it's such a uh problem without throughout the secular world, the church world fear of everything and you know that's i mean that's why i say that we were all mentally traumatized as children the the amount of times that i couldn't find my parents 20 seconds and i thought the rapture happened i've been left behind oh that is mental trauma crippling fear i used to have 10 year old kid should be in that position we shouldn't even have those thoughts i mean you know that we can go down the rapture line sometime you know, this thing of, it, it, well, they kind of concocted this idea like 200 years ago, and it really became more popular about 100 years ago, kind of like CHM and all these other cults. And if it happens, it happens. No big deal. You know, these people are sitting around fantasizing about an escape. I compare them to people that play the lottery all the time. I used to play the lottery with, or work with a guy named Ray King, and he'd come in, sit down, he'd be scratching his Man, I really need to hit these today. I'll be up out of here. I'll never come back, man. <laughs> uh, you think these Christians that are fantasizing about the rapture are the same thing. Uh-huh. They're just waiting yeah, yeah. for that lottery ticket to hit. Boom, beat me up, Scotty. I'm out of here. All my troubles are over. Hallelujah, bless God. Well, well, you know what? If if the rapture takes place, it takes them out of their misery, you know? <laughs> you know right. <laughs> yeah. Rather, so it's the lazy, it's the lazy fantasy because rather than yeah. Go improve their lives. Go improve their communities. We're right. all here for a reason. If you believe God is real, you believe that we have a creator, we're here now for a reason. Yes. You know, fantasizing about living another time, some other time was better. I'm here to tell you, we live in the, the easiest, the best time, the most co- creature comforts and luxuries of oh, anybody yeah. that's ever lived. Yep. We've oh, got yeah. it too easy. Yep. That's, oh, yeah. that's why we have these corrupt leaders that have never had their... We're, we're following people that we would never follow into battle. You know, we had to go pick up and fight another army 
None of these leaders, whether it's church leaders, CHM leaders, political leaders, we wouldn't fight it. We wouldn't follow any of these fools in the battle. And a lot of yeah. them have been, you know, they, they've shirked from any fight. I mean, yeah. Jim Plank is so insecure that he has a meltdown when somebody takes a video of him and <laughs> posts it and says, this is wrong. Yeah. You know, he ha- he completely ha- has. A- that's how weak that man is. He tells on himself. I agree. You can make a video of me and uh, tell me I'm wrong. And you're probably right. I probably am wrong. And that's okay. <laughs> I'll improve and whatever. You cannot be that thin skinned. You cannot. And then you're out here proclaiming that you're you're living God's way and you're leading people. God, you know, we're the only chosen few that have the full light. It's bogus, man. It's not real. There was a couple other things here that Adam Buckler said in his uh, statement. He said, um, so let's consider the matter. What did Brother Plank say? Uh, Let me skip one down here. He said the first statement, if I go the way of the world, if you see, and he emphasized me in short sleeves and shorts and the trappings of the world, if you see us move a television into our home, go the way of the world, you can just count on it, Brother Plank's backslid. And then he went on, and you could count on it, the kids who have walked away from this heritage to go the way of the world are backslid too. I don't care if they stand behind pulpits, they're backslid. Okay, so he's, he's quoting what Plank said. So then Adam says, what he didn't say, if Amy, Jim, or Brother Bob has a TV or wears short sleeves, they're backsliding. He's saying that's what Plank didn't say. Now, maybe I'm having a stroke, but I'm pretty sure that's exactly what he said, right? That is exactly what he said. I'm pretty sure. Almost verbatim. Yeah. People that walk away and go the way of the world, because he said, if you see me have a, a TV, and then he kind of lumped it in, and you can count on it if you see them go the way of the world. Uh, yeah. And, and he don't care if they're behind another pulpit, if they're serving in another church, they're backsliders. And he also implied that he's going to lie to your face and tell you, oh, you know, everything's good. But yeah. he said the quiet part out loud, what they've always done. They talk behind their back and say, look at that terrible backslider sinner. They're out in deep sin and yeah. they're so far gone. They, they were raised better. They knew better. Absolutely. He says, he says the former is a warning, the latter is a judgment. So he's saying that what Plank said was a warning. He was not casting judgment that if he sees someone in short sleeves, they're backsliding. I guess if we really wanted to, to uh, parse it out here, he is talking about people that leave the CHM and wear the short sleeves or, or backsliding. But he, okay, so even what, what Buckler said, that preachers are called to give warnings, but his warning's wrong. I, I don't care what you call it, he's still wrong. Yeah, still a false warning then. Yes. And he goes on to talk about the uh, if he abandons the principles and convictions that he has held for and, her- and heralded for so long, he would be backsliding, moving in the opposite direction of following Christ, summarized as the way of the world. That's wrong. If Jim all of a sudden started wearing short sleeves, big deal. It matters I even- nothing. A little bit of material, a few threads. It is so insignificant. But what is significant is those little children that are far too often damaged for life. And mm-hmm. yes, they can work through it, But the problem is most of them will never get to where they could because it's never handled right. They blame the victims. They, oh, you must have been seductive, you know, as a 10-year-old girl. There's nothing, there's no sexual development, a prepubescent 10-year-old girl. 
must have seduced that man, and he just couldn't control himself, which is another big chink in their armor. They don't believe in self-control. They believe in oh. abstinence. It's <laughs> you don't you don't touch yeah. anything or you're or you can't control yourself. There's there's no yeah. self-control at all in their in their belief system. But I really yeah. want to the the other we can uh, we can comment on that. But I up higher when he said social media is not an appropriate platform hmm. for these types of discussions. We cannot adequately express ourselves merely by written response. Okay, which is how I don't know all John Wesley's letters that they read <laughs> was all written right. The Bible, you know, there's no body language, no facial expressions, no inflection of voice. It is often very cold. Uh, that's the whole Bible, dude. It, there's there, there's mm-hmm. no facial expressions there's no inflection of voice what because you know, you, you think you, you're saying god needs to make a video now <laughs> you know you need to use this modern technology that the real conservative holiness people don't even touch but yeah. uh that we we can't have a written response that would actually effectively communicate i feel like that they had uh, that they had some talking points because there were way too many chm people <sighs> hitting on the exact same, uh, using the exact same terminology. It felt like when you watch the news and you tune into a couple different stations and they're all using the exact same words, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The whole thing about yeah. social media, my opinion, social media has, has, is the whole reason that these conversations are happening. It's harder to hide things now with social media. Information is, is there you know, just in the click of a button. They're losing the argument, therefore attack the platform. And like you said, Ben, I mean, we've, we've used a written word for, what, thousands of years. And I, I understand it is harder to convey inflection and uh, uh, in tone and, and all that. And I prefer, that's why a lot of times I send you guys voice messages. Number one, I hate trying to uh, type out a text. And then also, if it does get hostile, somebody can, somebody can hear how I'm speaking a little bit better and realize, okay, I'm not trying to be a, a, a jackass. Because a lot of times, I know when I read a message, for some reason, the default is like, oh, he's trying to be a smart aleck. You know, it's just for some reason, yeah. that's kind of our default setting. But still, yeah, it's to just attack social media. I think they're just upset that the conversation's happening at all. Social media is causing that. It's back to resisting accountability at yes. all costs. Yes. And they are, they, somewhere in here, he said a response is not even more. Yeah, lastly, a response is not mandatory. While many have called for a response from Brother Plank or myself, we are not obligated. That is this man's word. You know, he is just a man. He is not some holy apostle set up apart looking yeah. down on all of us. You know, it, it's just it's just a little microcosm of how they've separated us from God, you know, and, and how it, the Old Testament ways and how the Catholics do it. And we have to have an intercessor. No, there is no separation. You're no better than anybody else. You're not some untouchable, anointed man. Uh, you're just a man. And you, we all have to be accountable for our actions into somebody. And they resisted at all costs. Yeah, I felt like I've, when I uh, heard that part right there, it, it almost sounded like a politician in D.C. when they have to address something that they don't like to. And they, they kind of get this elite... <laughs> Attitude of, you know, you pathetic people. I don't owe you anything, uh, but uh, out of the kindness of my heart, I will respond. Uh, no, you had you had a guy. 
Send your taxes and tithes. <laughs> your taxes and tithes. <laughs> yeah. You had a guy that was yeah, that real. was making uh, claims that are unbiblical and untrue, and people raised a fuss about it. Um, yeah, I would say a response is absolutely warranted and expected. At least, at least should be. <laughs> what else did you have on your notes there, Ben? We covered most of it. I, I think that we've got enough material out there to uh, may, hopefully make some people think, man. And, you know, it's just, People, I hope people that are—I don't care if you're full-fledged in the CHM—you know—they they discount all of us as bitter. And I can tell you, I have no bitterness in my heart. The really the main reason I even pay that much attention to these people is I'm just astounded by the amount of children that are uh, that are molested and violated in these groups, and it's yeah. over and over. It's not rare; it's common. It is yeah. it is part of the culture. It's part of the culture of secrecy. It's part of, you know, not not teaching the kids uh, what's okay and what's not okay, and then believing the kids when they tell you something happened. And yeah. that is just it is just so sickening to me. We're all parents, and I'm gonna tell you, I've made the statement, and you know, there's a whole lot of places. There's you know, I would. I'd let my kids go hang out with a biker gang before I'd let them hang out with a bunch of CHM elitists because they'd most likely be safer. And if oh, something yeah. happened to them, the viol- the perpetrator would just disappear. You'd never see them again. <laughs> they certainly yeah. wouldn't be held up as a leader and promoted. And oh, yeah. to me, that that right there says volumes. That That is such an indictment on them that they just do not take this stuff serious. They just don't care. They had they. Yeah. Put the organization over the individual every time. And if you read the Bible, it is so clear that the children are the most important. It's not these pharisaical leaders. They are not important. And, you know, you can look at all these megachurch pastors. There was just another one this week with a bunch of sexual impropriety. Almost all of these guys end up in some big scandal. You know, back to the higher the position, the more important the accountability. Mm -hmm. And they just don't take this stuff serious. And it's it's just sickening. And uh, I I don't know. They just minimize it at every turn. That sure seems to be the way it is. You know, you're talking about um, not having any bitterness. I, I mean, I think there's been times in the past I've struggled to make sure you're trying to stay on top of it. But no, I don't feel, I, I, I don't feel hostility towards, you know, obviously I'm upset when they, when they preach this kind of stuff. But in fact, I mean, yeah. I, I honestly, I would be happy to, to dialogue with these guys. In fact, we've got a, I've got a phone line that we put out there all the time. It's a podcast phone line. Uh, and it'll they be, can't respect you enough as a man. You know, you and I could have a, a conversation because we don't see them as our betters, but they can't have a, that conversation with us because they look at us as less. And I think I, you're right. I kind of got, I think I got sidetracked, but I was, you know, anybody that's like straddling the fence or, you know, I don't care if you're full Ford CHM, just do some introspect. Think about if these people really are the ones that have it right, how are they missing? All of this stuff that's going on, you know, we're not talking like one little incident when somebody touched a girl's leg or something. We're talking 12 year affairs that are coming to light. 
We're talking 15 years of multiple little girls that are molested. And these guys are preachers. They're not in the pews. They're not just, you know, laymen that are showing up once a week. These are preachers. These are leaders. How, if these people are the ones that have it right, how is that not being exposed? How is it not being uh, put a stop put to it? There's just no way that uh, that that's the right. And, and, you know, there's, and just, and I wish and people just need to think about if they really are free, like how would they feel if, if it was, especially say a woman, if she put on jeans and a t-shirt tomorrow and went to the store, how, how would she feel? And why would she feel that way? Because I'm here to tell you, it's not a sin. I don't think it's a sin for anybody. I don't think there's anybody with personal convictions against it. I think it's just peer pressure. But oh, yeah. then, then think about why you would be so insecure dressing that way and who you would be worried about seeing you. I, I think, you know, if, if some of these people would just stop and think and, and really be honest with themselves, which most of them have a very hard time doing, they would, uh, they might, might see things a little different. Yeah. I think to me to sum up, uh, kind of what I think along these lines and to people that if you're on the fence, read the Bible, find out what it says. I did this with, uh, I had different topics, you know, started with divorce and remarriage. It went to, okay, you know, women cutting her hair or whatever and get your answers from there and realize then if it's not in the Bible, then it's not in the Bible. And these guys can holler all they want. They can make you feel bad all they want. They can say you're backslidden, but it doesn't matter. As far as don't with follow you and God. men. Yes. Don't, don't follow them. Follow men. Uh, men are all flawed. Yep. Yep. If you're saved, you know, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Paul told the jailer. Pretty, Pretty simple, simple process. Then try your best to obey what the Bible says to do. I mean, to me, that just about sums it up. Phil Robertson always says, Love God, love your neighbor. That pretty it much sums has it up. To be simple enough that the lowest IQ person can do it. Yes. But man with his political religious organizations of whatever stripe complicates and and confuses people. And then, you know, I mean at that point, that's that's a lot of evilness. If you're if you're confusing and harming people and misleading them, you're gonna be responsible for that. I agree. Okay, Mariah, you guys got anything you want to wrap it up with? No, I think it's summed up pretty well. I like it. Ben, it's been good having you on, sir. It's been a pleasure. I think you need to be a repeat guest. Yay! You fit in a little too well with this crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at some point, it's going to have to be in person. Yes, I agree. Completely. I need to quit just running my mouth and make a visit to Texas one of these days. Hey, planes fly every day. Get to love it. I'll pick your ass up. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.